uh, we started from here uh, tell lies of the devil you must live above like one there are some gaps in the Word of God and the rest of them uh, we talked about lie two you are more important to yourself than God is to you you are the center of your existence you are the most important entity as far as your life goes lie three um, Satan says I am sovereign and can decide what I want to do when I want to do it and no one can stop me. I am responsible myself and do not, I'm, I'm not subject to anyone. Hallelujah. That's all, that, all those are lies. Okay. We had considerations. Lie number four, we dealt with last week. Satan says I'm powerful. God is only slightly more powerful than I am. Remember, I wanted to overthrow his government. We went ahead to debunk all that lie. He puts a gap between his worth and that of God as a close alternative and the rest of it. He exaggerates. I told you, please, for, I've not corrected this. He exaggerates his ability. Most of what he does is a product of man's ingenuity. He can't create. God has never and will never fight with the devil. Fear and intimidation is a necessity for him. Satan to keep walking. All right. In the life of men. Hallelujah. Now, today, this is where we start from today. Line number five. Line number five is very, very important and key. And uh, this lie is as ensnared a lot of believers and is still ensnaring believers till today. And the devil says, you must remain sorry for your past forgiven sins. It, is, it says it's a sign of humility before God. A lot of Christians are, uh, they are locked in here. In the, in the name of being humble, in the name of being uh, obedient, being simple, and being heavenly. They keep whining in repentance and um, uh, um, uh, some, what I call it, self-pity, not even repentance. They, they just go on a pity party where they feel sorry for themselves, for how they've lived. And they've been doing that for the past 10 years since they got saved. Brethren, this is from the pit of hell. It is from the devil. That is not God. The devil so keeps telling people, oh, um, there's a difference between gratitude and feeling sorry for your sins. I am grateful that I'm saved. Every day I give thanks for my salvation. I thank Jesus for saving me from hell every day. All right? But I do not remember... Um, or, or feel sorry for the sins I've committed um, when I before I became a believer. Even the ones that, that I, I committed after I became a believer, that I've been repented of, uh, it's not my business to remember, remind, remember them anymore. Stop visiting your grief. It is a from the pit of hell. It is not from God, brethren. That is not from God. Please, it is not from God that you keep feeling sorry for oh lord me there was a sinner useless you saved if it is not thanksgiving and if it's just a matter of you feeling still feeling very sorry for the things you used to do you are under the snare of the devil you're, you are we are looking behind you have so much time to look behind you all right you're looking at your rear mirror you will never see what is ahead of you and that's why such christians are always very stagnant in life Okay, even though they have a hope of eternal life, they are, uh, the devil has trapped them in, the, um, in a lie of humility. And this, he says, 
humility before God to keep to go keep being sorry for the sins um, uh, of your past that have been forgiven. Hallelujah. So this is a huge lie, and a lot of folks are there. I still remember a lot of people I've met different times, and one of them I said, "Oh, Pastor, I know um, I don't have babies now because of the D and C." In other words, the abortions are done before I got born again. And I'm saying, excuse me, did you read your Bible? Uh, why are you still feeling sorry for the abortions you did? He said, uh, because uh, they are lives. I said, yeah. <laughs> so God has forgiven. The Bible says their sins and iniquities are remembered no more. So let's get on. Let me, let's look at this lie in, in different ways and different forms. So this is what the devil is saying here. The devil is saying that God still remembers uh, um, God still remembers, though forgiven. In other words, God is saying, forgive is not forget. He's saying, though God has forgiven um, uh, what you have committed, but God still remembers. Okay? So he, he quotes the phrase, uh, forgive is not forget. Brethren, that is totally against scripture. Jesus says, there are sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Number two, we'll go, don't worry, we're going to open a lot of scripture today. Yeah, another way of he coming across with that lie is we are all sinners, they are, but all of us are sinners. I don't know, please, there are some Christians in the name of humility say no, but we know we are all sinners. God is the only one that is perfect. You've not read your Bible, please. That is not true. It is from the pit of hell. It is a slave mentality. It is not from God. God did not, the Bible says, we will not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we receive the spirit of liberty, of love, and of a sound mind. That is a spirit of bondage that brings fear. It says, uh, you know, we are all sinners. Please, once you are born again, stop. Don't ever open your mouth to call yourself a sinner. Some, some, I've, I've heard a few people say it, even in high places, that we are, we are always just all sinners. Not me and you. I'm, yeah, I'm not a sinner. I'm saved. I used to be a sinner. Jesus died, paid for my sin. He changed my nature. He saved me, translated me to the kingdom of his dear son, and he calls me saint. Okay? Saint PK. Hallelujah. I am Saint PK. Please, can somebody type? Are you Saint Dozier? Are you Saint Paul? Are you Saint? Please, put Saint against your name. Hashtag Saint PK. Hallelujah. You are a saint. Are you listening to me? You are a saint. We're going to open scripture. Don't worry, I'm not, I just want to get you, uh, for us to have, you know, I try to um, kind of give different versions of that same light, the way it says that it comes across in different forms. You know, so a lot of people feel, um, yeah, a saint Israel, hallelujah. Somebody type, are you typing for me? This is Saint PK talking to you all the way from Dallas, from the studios of the Holy Spirit in Dallas, Texas, United States. Hallelujah. That is who you are. Saint PK, Saint Dozier, Saint you, please, can you put your name, Saint, call yourself that. You are not a sinner. Don't say, oh, all of us, you know, all of us are sinners. That is religion. That is not gospel. That is not gospel. That is not the power of the new birth. It's called new birth. The power of the new birth says a person in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have now become new. Okay? All things are now new. Can you put it there? Come and come. Say, type your name. Put saints. Saints this. Please do not ever in your life open your mouth and call yourself a sinner again. Ever. Ever in your life. The moment. Let me explain this to you. The moment you open your mouth 
Don't forget the Bible says, Thou art ensnared. Are you listening? Thou art ensnared by, is it the thought of your heart? No. Is it the thought in your mind? No. By the words of your mouth. Are you listening? Thank you, Saint Raphael Davis. God bless you. Keep writing out. Everyone on the platform, just write Saint. Hashtag Saint PK, Saint Bola, Saint whatever. You are a saint. That's what Jesus calls you. That's what Jesus calls you. Hallelujah. So you are not looking at uh, Saint Christopher, Saint blah, blah. No, you are a saint. Okay, you don't need to be a martyr to be a saint. All you need to be a saint is to be saved. Hallelujah. Is to be saved. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. Please, the Bible says, Thou art ensnared by the words of your mouth. If you call yourself a sinner, okay, you call yourself, oh, I'm a sinner, then you are bringing yourself, you are reducing yourself to the level of a sinner. And the, the, the sinners are the ones that the devil has authority to feed on. He doesn't have authority to feed on saints. He has authority to feed on sinners. Let me take you somewhere. Open your Bible. Let me show you that one quickly, by the way, so that you know the gravity of what you are doing. And so when you keep your calling yourself sinner and the devil deals with you and you're wondering, but I'm born again. Why is he doing this? You are the one that opened the door. You called yourself, you put yourself in the category of those that he is allowed to feed on. Are you listening? Open your Bible to Genesis and chapter number three. Let me show you something. Genesis chapter number three. Genesis chapter number three. Now let's read verse number um, uh, let's read chapter number three rather and go to verse number 14, 314. I'm trying to tell you the consequence of you, a saint, opening your mouth to call yourself a sinner. You are putting yourself in the category of people that God gave permission to the devil to feed on. Genesis 3, verse 14. Please, everyone, open your Bible. Everyone, everyone, open your Bible. Genesis 3, 14. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your bellies you shall go and you shall eat what? Excuse me, you shall eat what? Can somebody type for me? What did God give him permission to eat? Type for me. Type for me. I'm not going to go further until I hear from you. What did God give him permission to eat? Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, everybody. Type. What did God, from that passage, the Bible says, and you shall eat what all the days of your life. What did God give him permission to eat? Dust. Thank you, K. K. Thank you so much, Antionette. Thank you. God bless you. Titilayo. Hallelujah. Natalie, God bless you. Shem, God bless you. God gave him permission. Um, um, Daddy UK, um, God bless you. Dust. God, it was, see, brethren, the devil did not say, this is what I want to do. God gave him permission. And say, all the days. He didn't say post-resurrection, after resurrection, blah, blah, blah. Anyone that is dust is going to feed on him. Now, look at this. Look at this. The Bible now says, go to chapter number, that same chapter number three. And go to verse 17. Chapter 3, verse 17. Don't forget, God had given him permission and authority to eat dust all the days of his life. Then Adam, then to Adam, he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you shall not eat of it, 
Cursed is the ground for your sake. In, to in toil, rather, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For of it you were taken, for dust you are. Before then, what was man? Before See, Bible says in verse 19, what did man, God call the fallen man? What did God call the fallen man? He says, you are dust. Now, you are dust. That is what you are in the fallen state. Now, please, those of, God bless you, those of you that, that, that have read scripture, when God created man, what was man called? And man became what? And Bible says, God breathed upon him and man became, please type for me, man became what? I want us to be engaged. I want us to be engaged. Hallelujah. I want us to be engaged. Man became what? When God created man, he breathed into man. A God bless you. Living soul. Let me see you type. Type away. A living soul. Now, a living soul suddenly left from being a living soul. While was a living soul? Saint. Now, the moment his spirit died, he became dust. And dust everyone. See, when you get born again, it's your spirit that comes alive. Everyone who is not saved is dust. Are you listening? The man before he fell was a living soul. Man, after he fell, God now says you are dust. Now, what did God give permission and authority to the devil to eat all the days of his life? Dust. In other words, no unbeliever can tell the devil, leave me alone. Do you understand? No unbeliever has authority over the devil. It will never happen. God is the one that gave him authority. Says, all the days of your life, dust. Who is dust? Man that has fallen from the state of grace. Man that was a living soul but has now become dust. Brethren, and God says to this happen, you eat dust. Anytime you call yourself a sinner, you are bringing yourself to chapter 3, verse number 19. You are saying, I am dust. And if you are dust, God is the one that gave permission and authority to the devil to feed on dust all the days of his life. You are not dust. You are not a sinner. You will never be a sinner. Since you are saved, you are born again. Bible calls you the righteousness of God. Somebody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am, peculiarly, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's move on. We have a lot to study. Time is running. He says, why do you still, so this is another one he says. He says, why do you still remember if they are not no more on record? That's one of the things that the devil says, convince some people. and say, well, if God has forgiven and God has forgotten, why do you remember? But please always tell them, I am the one remembering. I am not God. It is God's own remembrance that matters. Okay? So he's also telling you, God says, don't remember not the former things. Please, remember not the former things. Yeah, I don't know anybody who had, since they got saved, they've never done anything wrong before. No, that's what, <laughs> remember not the former things. Seven times the righteous man falls. Seven times the Lord will lift him up. Remember not the former things. Okay? Bother about the things you have not repented of. But the ones you repented of and they are forgiven, 
Brethren, remember not the former things. I am the righteousness of God. So it's when he says, Why do you still remember them then if they have they are no more on record? You tell them that I say, I'm the one remembering, not God. So it is God that judges. I'm not the one who judges. Hallelujah. Then he now says another way. He says, You don't have to repent for your wrongs. They are all they will always happen. In other words, hey, you know, some people they seem today, they seem tomorrow, they say, I'm tired of repenting, blah 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 blah. So don't bother, don't bother, don't bother repenting anymore. It will always happen. Why? Because we are all sinners. You are not a sinner, number one. When the moment you admit you're a sinner, there will be a sin you will always struggle with. You will never overcome it because you have confessed yourself and you have recategorized yourself against scripture and put yourself on the side that Satan can feed on. Then number four, he says well if you have repented of it and because it will still happen don't bother repenting again ladies and gentlemen it will not happen it will not happen the bible says if any man god god doesn't want us to sin first john he says if we have no sin we sin we say we, we have no sin we make him a liar but we will confess our sins faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness in now says in chapter 2 verse 1 if i, I write unto you little children that you sin not but if any man sin you have an advocate with the father okay so please don't say oh well uh, you would always do wrong anyway so there's no need to repent of this no please god demands repentance you see a reason why i said so as we go along hallelujah very quickly let's move on we have a lot so uh, for you to to debunk the lie i need to think on these things number one open your bible please everybody to debunk that lie that ah your so you have to always keep feeling sorry and you you know you're a sinner we're all sinners you know Alessia and Boboa we're all sinners not me and you <laughs> I'm not a sinner Saint PK coming to you from the Holy Ghost Studios here in Dallas Texas to the glory of God and if you don't like me calling myself a saint I'm so sorry you can do it yourself whatever you want God calls me that and that is all I know and it is what God calls me that matters not what you think of me not even what I think of myself is what God calls me that matters. Now let's see the reason why Satan is lying. Hallelujah. Satan is lying. Open your Bible. Psalm 103. Let's go to Psalm 103 and verse number 12. Satan is lying. Satan is a liar and is a father of lies. Psalm 103, verse number 12. Open. This one is where everybody open. Everybody. Everybody open your Bible. Everyone. Open your Bible. Psalm 103, verse number 12. This is critical. There's a reason why I want us to read this scripture. Please, everyone. I'm still sensing that some people have not opened their Bible yet. Everyone open your Bible. Psalm 103, verse number 12. Now, please, we're going to read wherever you are. Just read aloud, okay? Especially if you are not going to be inconveniencing anyone. Probably if you are not in the bus. Or if you are in the bus, don't read. If you are, and if you want to read too, why not? And some people can be blasting music and saying a lot of rubbish. Read out scriptures. Hallelujah. Please read it out loud wherever you are. For as the heavens, um, sorry, Psalm 103 verse 12. Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgression from us. You notice that the Bible did not say as far as the north is from the south. Okay, he said, as far as the east is from the west. Now, let me explain that scripture. You see, what God is saying here is that the extent to which he has removed our sin from us, it's unending. We cannot measure it. It is, it is infinity. Let me explain myself. 
if the Bible has said from north to the south, as far as the north is from the south, then there will have been trouble. Then there will still be record. Then there will be remembrance. Because, you see, you can travel from the north to the south. There is a north pole and there is a south pole. When you get to the north pole, you will know. When you get to the south pole, you will know, right? So there are landmarks and you can get that. But you never talk of a east pole. You never talk of a west pole. Why? As you travel, the east continues to be the west and the west continues to be the east and it is endless. So if you are going in the earth, you are going from east to west. Can you imagine because it's a ball, it's a, it's a circle, it's a sphere rather. You are going from east to west. Your journey will be endless. Because by the time you're going east and you're going west, you're going east again and you're going west, as far as the east, because that's why there's no east pole and west pole, because it has no ending. All right? It has no ending. That is the extent to which God has removed our sin from us. In an infinity, unending, it, is, it doesn't exist anymore. Hallelujah. Praise God. Does someone understand what you just said? Please, there's no East Pole, there's no West Pole. I might go and check those of you that understand a bit of geography or know a bit of geography. You will know that there's a North Pole and there's a South Pole. You can measure the distance from the North Pole. In fact, Google is, it will tell you what's the distance from the North Pole to the South Pole. But there's no distance from the East to West. It's endless. Bible says as far. Because by the time you continue East, it goes West, then the West goes East again, and you continue all until there's no ending. All right? Because there is just no closure to that journey. Hallelujah. That's how far God has taken it. And isn't someone praising God? Can someone praise the Lord? Come on, like and love. Do you understand what I'm saying? Brethren, there is no mark. If somebody wants to go and look for your sin, the one that Jesus has forgiven, they will start the journey today till eternity. They will not get they will not get to they will not finish the journey because they can't find it. It's from east to west. Are you listening? As far as it is from east to west, it's not from south to they can't find it. They will keep journeying. They are looking for your wrong. They are looking for your sins. The one that God has forgiven. They will keep going and going and going. Don't worry, we'll soon get it. We'll soon get it. We'll soon get it. Brethren, unending. East becomes west. West becomes east. It continues. There is no pull there. Hallelujah. That's far as far God has removed our sin from us. Number two, in Imputed righteousness cannot be bought by men. It has an owner. Um, that's a owner rather, not an. It has an owner, and the owner uh, is Jesus. Uh, sorry, it has an owner. It's correct. It has an owner, and the owner is Jesus. Second um, Corinthians chapter five, verse twenty-one. He who knew not sin has been made sin for us. So it's not something you can buy. You remember the story of Simon who wanted to buy the gift of the Holy Ghost with money. You can't buy this one. You can't, you can't walk your way. You can't go please God. Second Corinthians 5.21 Open your Bible. Let's read either I knew not sin was made sin for us that I might become the righteousness of God by him. Second Corinthians 5 and verse number 21. The Bible says, For he, he made him who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Hallelujah. Number three, payment for sin was made to God, not the devil. In other words, when Jesus shed his blood, that blood was to, to um, uh, appease God, not to uh, appease the devil. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was not the devil that was holding the judgment of sin on men. No. Okay? It was God who was holding the judgment of sin on earth, on men. So when Jesus died, he had to go present his blood to the person who, had, who was judging man, and that's God, his father. 
Okay, so he can't. So because the devil is not in that um, uh, equation, he can't understand the details. All right. So if he doesn't understand the details, don't let him talk about it. See, I, I, that's one of the things I wonder why a lot of people who are not saved, who are not in church, who are not born again, are the ones that are confusing Christians who are in, who are in church, who are born again about paying tithe and offering. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> when, when someone who doesn't have the spirit of Christ is now trying to teach you how you should relate with the God <laughs> that he doesn't know, how how does that work? That that some that tells us something that we have not done our job well in church, all right. Otherwise, that shouldn't be happening. Or we have too many incorrigibles, and they would rather not just want to obey God, and they are looking for some other leverage to question the integrity of God's word. Hallelujah. Now, payment for sin was made to God, not the devil, because it was not made to the devil. The devil doesn't know anything about it. So he can't have the details. John 20, verse 17. Let's open our Bible quickly. John 20, 17. Let's see scripture. This was when Jesus was um, died and was to resurrect. And when he was resurrected, resurrected rather, on his way, you know, came with other guys. And Jesus now told them, you know what? Hold on. Um, let, me, let me dramatize it for you. So Jesus died. And he went to hell. And he freed all the saints, Abraham, David, all of them everybody that had been held bound by death. Adam, I'm sure Adam too was there. Every one of them. Okay. So while he was resurrected, they were, they were coming with him. And while he was ascending to heaven, because the Bible says, he led captive captives, he ascended to heaven and he gave gift to men. While he was ascending to heaven, suddenly he heard a woman cry by his tomb. Okay. So he told folks, he said, he told David and every other person, he said, guys, hold on. Uh, let me attend to Mary because she's crying. Then we'll continue our journey because they can't go alone. Okay, because Jesus is the one carrying the blood who has to go and show the Father and they could not be accepted, okay, into heaven. So he told them, guys, hold on. Let me quickly go and attend to Mary. So this was how Jesus attended to Mary. So Jesus showed up by because Mary was crying. Her cry made Jesus stop his procession to heaven and stop by on earth and attend to her. And she thought, the Bible says, chapter 20, open your Bible, and verse number 17 of Acts of the Apostles, 2017. And he said to her, now when Jesus got there and said, woman, what he led thee? He said, where did they put him? He thought Jesus was the gardener. Then Jesus now called him the familiar name Mary. And he said, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Then he said to her, do not cling to me. Because Mary held on to him. He said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't cling on to me. For I have not yet ascended to my father. In other words, I have not presented the blood. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending. I am ascending. And I've not been there. I'm on my way there. I'm ascending to my father and your father and to my God and to your God. Now, so why Jesus was said, took a detour and said, please hold guys, hold up. Let me, let me, let me attend to Mary while she, she's crying so that at least we can send her to the disciples also. And she will stop crying because this woman isn't going to leave this tomb until someone speaks to her. So why Jesus said, okay, you just, yeah, y'all hold on here uh, while I go check, check on Mary. Um, when Jesus was busy talking to her, then the other guys, David and, and other saints and Isaac and Abraham said, guys, it's been long we saw Jerusalem. Let's just get, go and see, since Jesus is still busy. Let's get to town. Let's just quickly say hello to folks in town. Let's see how the new Jerusalem, how Jerusalem now looks like. So they all went into the city. Remember the Bible says that when Jesus resurrected, 
a lot of people began to see saints that died. They were seeing them on the streets of Jerusalem. Matthew 27. It's right there in your Bible. Hallelujah. That was what happened. Hallelujah. And so, brethren, the devil doesn't know anything about this. Isaiah 53 verse 10. The Bible says it pleased God to afflict Jesus. So, it was God. Jesus died to appease God, not to uh, appease the devil. No. Okay, so the blood is, the sacrifice of Jesus was for men to God. Uh, was for men, but it was to God. Hebrews and chapter number 9. I'm debunking all this so that you can tell yourself, once you are forgiven, it is it is gone. Alright, it is gone. Don't sit down in the seat of despair and start calling your name, yourself names that will make you make you uh brings you into the category of those that the devil can afflict i need to read this hebrews because it's very very important hebrews and chapter number nine um hebrews chapter number nine i'll read verse number 23 to 28 hebrews 9 23 to 28 hallelujah i think for the sake of time let me read it very quickly glory be to god therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things the heavens uh, in heaven should be purified with this but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than this for christ has not entered the holy place made with hands which are copies of the truth but into heaven itself i'm talking of the ascension again now now to appear in the presence of god for us it is to cry to god the father and it is for us on our behalf not that he should offer himself often as a high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another he then will have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world but now once at the end of the ages he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself and and as it is appointed to man to die once and the rest of it you can keep reading okay that's to verse 28 hallelujah praise the lord so it is for us but to god then number five sin is the only relevance satan has with men he has to keep it going for him to be of cognizance in other words, the only reason Satan has any relation with man is because of sin. And remember, he was an outsider, but when sin came into man's life, he became an insider. So he wants to remain an insider. And the only way, the only relevance, the only connection, don't forget from the garden, the only connection that Satan could have uh, with man is purely in the area of sin. So he has to make you continue to feel like sin is still there. Sin is still there. Give you so much sin consciousness. Uh, give us so much sin uh, guilt. Hallelujah. And you keep sorry, being sorry for what Jesus has forgiven. Hallelujah. Please don't be sorry. Be thankful. It's different. Very, very different. Don't be sorry for it. Jesus paid for it. Why are you sorry when Jesus has paid for it? He's paid for it. He was killed for it. You don't have to be sorry for it. All right, what Jesus has forgiven, don't be sorry for it, but be thankful for it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Very, very important. Be thankful for it. Satan wants to use that to keep holding you down, making you think, oh, you are a sinner, you are not worth the while, you're useless, um, you can't be holy, you can't be pure. He helps you, he now brings you to the point where you start running on your own strength and not on the righteousness that Jesus has provided for us. Hallelujah. First John 3, 8, the Bible says, He that sinners of the devil, for the devil sins from the beginning. That's why I said the only relevance he has is sin. He that sinned is of the devil. That's the only relevance he has with man. Number six, God's love for you, God, God's love for you, uh, God loves you more than he hates you. 
God loves you more than he hates sin. Thank you. God loves you more than he hates sin. Romans 5, 8. In this was commended the love of God towards us. While we are sinners, Christ died for us. God loves you more than he hates sin. Let's run very, very quickly. Time is running. Um, um, how can God relate to you and call you his child if he still recalls your sin? Habakkuk 1.13 If he still recalls your sin, then you cannot appear before God. Because the Bible says in Habakkuk 1.13 that God is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity. Okay, so if your iniquity is yeah, still there, then God will not have anything to do with you. But he has taken away, uh, your, your iniquity has been taken away, your sins have been wiped away. It is not there. Okay, so don't be sorry for what does not exist. Then finally, there is no precedence in scripture. You are a New Testament saint. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians 5, 7. Bible says the person in Christ is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. A holy nation, a peculiar people called to show forth the praise of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Can someone give praise to God for what Jesus did for us? Can someone give praise to God for forgiving your sins? He didn't say you should be sorry for what has been forgiven. He said you should be thankful for it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We need to go on quickly. Let's get to lie number six. I have to finish both today. Lie number six. Lie number six. This is what the devil is saying here. Okay, please put down your questions. Write your questions. If, if you're going to forget them, you can just um, write them down, post them up. Um, I think the Simon team, somebody will pick it up and they will compile them. So all your questions, you can be right. You can write them. Even when you've gone offline, you can go back. Um, you see the see the teaching, the recording on YouTube, my page, Pikiolale, um, uh, or on uh, YouTube, on uh, Facebook, Pikiolale. Hallelujah. You will get it there. Brother, you have to be grateful, not to be sorrowful or not to be sorry. Okay, don't be sorrowful or sorry for uh, the way you used to live. It is, see, you are sorry for someone who is dead. How can you be sorry for the dead? All right, because the Bible says a person in Christ is a new creature. A new creature simply means somebody died. This is a new you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Number, lie number six. It follows in the same, they're all from the same stock. Repentance and regret are the same thing. Okay, so devil is telling, saying, telling look, when you feel you regret, repentance and regret are the same thing. Feeling sorry is enough and acceptable as repentance before God. When you've done something wrong, so all you just need to do is just to feel bad that you did it. Then that is all. That's acceptable before God. So when you are repenting and you, are, you regret what you did, it is the same before God. And brethren, that is a lie. That is a huge lie. And that's what I say. That's this flip of what we just said now. Because some people did in the name of humility and being holy, they keep uh, feeling sorry for what God has forgiven. They keep visiting their grave. Some other people, on the flip side, they say, well, um, they keep living in sin, and um, the devil convinces them, and look, as long as you keep feeling sorry, and, and, and that, that's, you keep feeling sorry for what you're doing, God will forgive you. So this is what he says further. He says, God is not like that. That's what, that's what the devil says. God is not like that. He knows your frailties and understands why you live in sin. 
okay so uh it knows you know the it, it, when the devil starts trying to give you some consideration because the truth is this if the devil can't get you then he will negotiate with you this is all a way of negotiating to make sure you live perpetually contrary to your nature which is righteousness and for you to live in sin because that's the only thing that brings you into relevance with him and that can make you dust for him to feed on hallelujah everyone has a weakness this is what he says now he says everyone has a weakness so everyone has a weakness now this is this is a lies everyone has a weakness now it didn't say everyone has a weakness but it didn't say to you won't tell you the fact that not everyone leaves or allows their weakness to lead their life okay having the weakness is different from allowing your weakness lead your life you remember paul said he said um uh, everything is lawful for me and everything everything is lawful but no experience said i will not be brought under the power of any he had weaknesses but he refused to be brought under the power of any okay so he will tell you everyone has weaknesses come on even your pastor has weaknesses but brethren he won't tell you that not everyone allows their weaknesses to lead their life then he will say finally that uh, once your emotions are in order you are fine with god these are I'm, I'm expounding on the lie of the devil he says once you are emotional as in you just feel bad about what you have done then you are in order with god it doesn't work that way now let's see some consideration now what, what we have here is this open your bible everyone open your bible these two passages you have to open them simultaneously second samuel and chapter number 12 I'm going to ask you questions here, and you're going to type away for me. Second Corinthians, Second Samuel, chapter number twelve, verse one to verse thirteen. You can read the whole thing after. I'm just going to take a few verses there. Second Corinthians, Second Samuel, chapter number twelve, verses one to thirteen. But uh, you know the story. The story was when Bathsheba and David happened, and they committed adultery and killed Uriah. Then Nathan the prophet, who happens to be the, um, David's pastor went and met him and said, a man had uh, two men, one had many sheep, another one had one, but the one that had many, then David said, that man is wicked, he must be killed. And um, what's the name now? Nathan told him and said, you are the man. And David broke down. Now look at verse number 13. Let's take a leap to verse 13 because of time. So David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the lord now that was his first um whatever and nathan said to david the lord also has put away your sin you shall not die okay david went on his knees and repented and brethren after this whole thing you know what david did david went on the fast went face down and 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 that was it okay now saul's case is different if you look at first samuel and chapter we're going to compare these two i'm going to need you you know what i'm going to leave you to fill out these things um, and bring them bring the answers back to me next week i want to go and study these two scriptures very well so you're going to come tell me the crimes they did what was david's crime let me give you a jesus for example david's crime was that of adultery and murder okay so what was Saul's crime name it and then what what was the confrontation who confronted him was it okay for david it was nathan Okay, the confrontation um, came in form of a parable, and the confrontation was a confrontation towards um, repentance. That Jehovah, the person confronted, kept saying, "You have sinned against God. You have sinned against God." When did that of Saul happened, let me know. 
the verdict. What was the verdict? There was a verdict that was uh, that came afterwards for each one of them. Then finally, rather, they talk about the attitude. What was the attitude of Saul and David and their responses to the verdict, okay, and the confrontation? Then finally, what decisions did they take to show either repentance uh, or regret? What decisions did they take to make to show either repentance or regret? Please, everybody write this down. I'm going to have you struggle, study them and bring them back next week very very quickly um keep writing keep writing i'm going to give you a bit of time write them down go and study i want us to see the difference between repentance and regret the devil says regret is good it's just i mean all god wants to see is that you feel bad that is all but that's not repentance all right that is not repentance repentance is what god requires no regrets and regret is part of what will make you start feeling sorry for what God has forgiven after I have forgiven you, okay? But not regrets. Hallelujah. Please take note of that. I can move on to the next slide now. Then we're going to do this exercise for another two group of people, Peter and Judas. Peter and Judas Iscariot. Write down, Matthew, that's repentance versus regret two. Exercise two, please write it down. I need you. Next week, you're going to come and um the passage matthew 26 69 to 75 for um for saw for peter you read the story there and judas you see it in matthew 27 3 to 5 okay please in this case i want you to tell me what was their disposition to christ before the offense what was their disposition to christ during the offense uh, while they are committing the offense then what did they benchmark their feelings against both of them started feeling bad what was the benchmark was one feeling bad because of god or what jesus said and the other feeling bad because uh, of what jesus said or what people will say about him okay please you have to check what did they benchmark their feelings against then what was their reaction what was the reaction to um the what they felt um, uh, the guilt, the, 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 the pain they felt as a result of the action. Then what decision did they make? From the actions, you can see the decision they made. So write them down, please, everyone. I need us to do this exercise. I'll be giving us some more exercises this year, and I need us to go and study. Please open them up. Don't let the devil see. If the devil knows you know the Bible and you understand it, he'll be far from you. I'm telling you, he won't just come around with you with anything. Because brethren, the word, the only recognizance, the only thing he has, as Jesus said, is a liar and the father of lies. Let's run very quickly. Please write that down, down. I'll come back to it next week. Now, this is what I'm going to just quickly tell you about repentance. Take it down, and you can. We'll continue from there next week. Repentance. What repentance, first of all, is not. Repentance is not a feeling. Repentance is not a feeling. Repentance is not regret. Repentance is not regret. Repentance is not personal disappointment. So when you are feeling personal disappointment, you are not in a line of repentance. I'm talking of repentance towards God now. Um, then um, repentance is not a decision to act. Rather, the repentance is a decision. 
is a decision to act in another direction, having been confronted by God's standard. A decision. Repentance is a decision. Okay? A decision that is acted upon. A decision to act in another direction. In other words, this is where you were going before. But now you made the decision, I'm going to turn back and go this way. Alright? That is... And you start heading that way, not just you say, I should have gone that way. That's basically God wanted to go. God, where am I still this way? And you have not done anything about it. That's not repentance. All right? You are feeling sorry for yourself. You are feeling disappointed in yourself. It is not towards God. But godly sorrow brings repentance, the Bible says. Any repentance that makes you the center of the feeling is not repentance. A decision to act in another direction, having been confronted by God's standard. Hallelujah. I've been confronted by God's standard. Please, if any one of you, um, like I said, please take note of the uh, the study that you study those two cases, um, David and Saul, and also um, Peter and Judas. And let's come and let's come discuss. We start with that next week. Hallelujah. Um, so please take this down. What repentance is not. Repentance is not a feeling, it's not, a, it's not regret, it's not personal disappointment. Repentance is a decision to act in another direction, um, having been confronted by God's standard. You must benchmark your action against something. That's what determines who you will be, who you will be, uh, you feel a remorse towards. If you, it is against your own standards, you feel disappointed in yourself. If it's against God's standard, you feel sorry towards God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, then I give out some quotes here. Very, very important quotes. You can write that. Great doesn't make God's standard negotiable. A lot of people think because we have grace, we can negotiate God's standard. Grace doesn't make God's standard negotiable. Rather, it makes them attainable. Grace is to help you become. Grace does not give you the right to change the platform change or negotiate or shift God's standard. No. Grace is there to help you attain his standard because humanly speaking, we can't. And that's why it gave us grace to do so. Hallelujah. So grace doesn't make God's standard negotiable. Rather, it makes them attainable. Quote number two. You cannot live a godly, fulfilled, and happy life in Christ with a closed Bible. It is not possible. C'est pas possible. You cannot live a godly, fulfilled, and happy life in Christ with a closed Bible. If you are, your Bible is always closed and you are hoping to be happy in Christ Jesus, and you are hoping to be fulfilled in Christ Jesus, and you are hoping to be godly, it, it is not possible. It is a lie. That is, there's no, it's, it's, not, it's not a possibility at all. Okay? It is not a possibility at all. Because the Bible... Is the mind of God to us, and by that we know His standards, and by that we know what is available to us to meet up with His standards. And it's very simple. What is made available to meet up with standards is the Holy Spirit after we get saved in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Finally, the last quote. Um, stop. Now, this one is very, very important. And on this, we will stop tonight. Stop giving God your best. 
I'll I say, Lord, I'll give you my best. I give you my best. Lord, I'm going to give you my best. Stop giving God your best. Your best is not is not all you have. Stop giving God your best. It is actually not all you have. Give him him your all, then he will own your best and others you might not know you have or are capable of. In other words, stop giving God your best. God doesn't want your best. God wants your all. When you give him your all, then he owns your best and some other things and abilities you have that you're not aware of or you're aware of and you don't really want to submit. Everything now becomes ease because you surrendered all. So the people that gave the offering and they, they you know the Bible says and in the Acts of the Apostles, those who had land went to sell their land and they brought, okay, that could be their best, not their all. Well, remember the widow, the Bible says, Jesus said that was all she had, all she had, very different, put everything she had in the treasury, everything she had. And Jesus looked at them and said, that's the person I'm really going to deal with. So stop giving God your best. It is actually not all you have. You have more than your best. You have a future that will still make your best today look like kindergarten. Give him all. Then he will own your best and others you might not know you are capable of. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So next week we'll be going into, um, we'll be going into the seventh one. Hallelujah. Um, then and the eighth then we'll be able to close the series from there. It's been my joy to bring you the Word of God tonight. Um, can someone you have uh, uh, any comment, question? Um, God bless you. Um, Antionette, um, uh, Rafiat, glory be to God. Amen. Uh, Patricia Garuba, Yami, Famine Lucy, Juliet Ogidon, um, praise God. Amen. Many folks here. Um, Natalie, how is it, Natalie? Natalie, live from Bradford, Ontario. God bless you, Natalie. Um, amen. So please, I bring you greetings from Dallas, Texas. So Saint PK here from Dallas, Texas. So just type, type Saint your name from where. So here is Saint PK from Dallas, Texas. Saying the Lord be with you. Hallelujah. Come on, tell me. Type something. Saint, what's your name from? Hallelujah. Come on. As we close tonight, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are not a sinner. You are not food for the devil. You cannot be. Okay? You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Doesn't mean you can't do wrong. You can do wrong. Doesn't mean you don't do you do you don't do wrong. No. It says you do wrong, brethren. Well, brethren, it's you can come under the blood always. It does it's you don't have the nature of sin. Okay? You can fall into it, but you don't have the nature of sin. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So you are not a sinner. Saint Kunle from Vancouver. Yay, K. Michaels. God bless you. Well, I keep everyone tap, tap, tap as we keep winding down tonight. Saint Sheyi from Vancouver. Good night. God bless you. Saint Sheyi from Vancouver. So say type something so I can at least just say a word of blessing. God bless you. Wrote to me, King. Um, you do put saints, so I won't, I won't read your own. Um, Saint Rita from Calgary, God bless you. Saint Tobella, um, Saint Isioma from the UK, God bless you. Saint Isioma, Saint Ama from Winnipeg, God bless you. Saint Ama, God bless Saint Abolale Dowu from Ottawa, 
God bless Saint Tubella from Ohio. God bless Saint John from Charlestown, PI. Hallelujah. God bless Saint Antonin from Alberta. God bless Saint Olabisi from Dallas, Texas. God bless Saint Rita from from Calgary. God bless Saint Rotimi from Winnipeg. Saint Ansatu from Vancouver. God bless you, real good. Hallelujah. Let me read. Let me read. Let me read from here. God bless Saint Julius from Kish. Kitchener. God bless Saint Jeremy from Winnipeg. God bless um, Saint Onyida from Vancouver. God bless Saint Ocha from PE. God bless Saint Helen from from Calgary. God bless Saint Patricia from Lagos. Wow, Patricia Gariba. God bless you. God bless you here up at this time. God bless Saint Adekpoju from Winnipeg. God bless Saint Dami from Rita, Regina, Saskatchewan. Uh, God bless Saint Dio from Houston. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory be to God. God bless you real good. Lord, say thank you so much for letting me know I'm a saint. Yes, Saint Raphael De Davis. Saint Raphael Davis, you are a saint. Glory be to God. God bless Saint Obi Olabisi from Dallas, Texas. God bless Saint Daniel from PI. Well, from Saint Raphael, Raphael from Dallas, uh, from Vancouver. God bless Saint um, Dotun from Ontario. God bless Saint Olamide. God bless Saint Bola from Dallas. God bless Saint John from Charlestown. God bless all the saints. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let me tell you, brethren, when the saints go marching in, if you are a saint, you are going to go marching in. Oh Lord, let me be in the number. You're already in the number. In the name of Jesus Christ. Anything that wants to water down your identity in Christ Jesus is frustrated in the name of Jesus Christ. Every voice that tells you you are not enough, you are not enough, you are not meeting up to the standard of God. Tell them you are not supposed to meet up to the standard of God. That's what Jesus attained for you. You are just to live in obedience to Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you listening? If the devil tells you, oh, you are not you are attained, look at this one. This one doesn't do this, this one doesn't do that. It's not about what we do or what you don't do, it's about what Jesus did. You need to know this first of all. And brethren, by the time you know it, it will give you the grace. The Holy Ghost will begin to give you the ability and the grace to begin to walk in the steps of Jesus. That is what all we want to do. We're just to walk in the steps of Jesus. But righteousness is only in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord God Almighty. To you, to God be the glory. See you again next week. All saints in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Shalom. <laughs>